Hey, how's it going, everyone? Um, as you would have heard, now the intro is slightly different. Um, yeah, we, <clears throat> we, or I rather, <coughs> um, decided that we we should speak about this topic tonight um, after seeing the news and what's been happening. Um, so I think um, after seeing um, what has what happened to Tsejo Fatso Pule, um, which is so, um, for lack of a better word, evil and sad and a lot of emotion. So I spoke to Cam and I said, or I suggested that we uh, speak about uh, gender-based violence and what is actually happening and our thoughts on that. Um, and I think, like, we were speaking now just before we recorded and Cam said that this is probably the first time for the most part that this is actually raw and a real, not that it's not a real conversation before, but how did you say it? But basically a lot of the conversations we've had on the podcast, we had either recently had or had in a recent time frame. So for example, the weight thing, it was like, I think two weeks back that we had discussed it and then mm. thought oh, it would be a good discussion to have on the podcast. Um, again, with the sex and pornography, we then had that conversation, I think even two, three days before and thought, oh, yeah. let's discuss it on the podcast. And this one is the first topic where I guess you're going to get a little bit of insight into how ODD, how ODD and I unpack and discuss things before they come to you. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, so I think that's why also we opened with that, um, with, the, with that song. Um, but, yeah, let's get into it. I think um, we said we're going to start by unpacking um, the history. Of. Yeah, I think, you know what, it's it's such a challenging thing. Um, and I think what we need to understand or what should be understood about violence, and, and this is my opinion, it, please can I put a disclaimer, yeah. this is not fact or, you know, I'm not making statements for everyone. This is my views and my opinions and how I feel towards this matter. Um, but how I feel is that as a country, uh, we are violent. It is the fabric in which our communities exist in. But more so that this is not a... How do I say? This is not a macro issue only. It's not a... It's not a, a you know, a state and a politicians need to do something about yeah. it. And of course they do. But I think that it speaks to the nature of communities in the country. It speaks mm. to the nature of households. It speaks to the nature of relationships between people. I think it speaks to... Respect, yeah. Yeah, how we operate on a interpersonal, that's the word into mm -hmm. an intrapersonal level beyond before we get to the bigger socio-political um, issue of what's happening i think we need to look at our own households mm. our own 
relationships, our own engagement. terms of growing up and I can I mean I'll even ask you as like a little kid from like six or five or whatever what were you taught about not necessarily violence because I think the general sentiment is that it's bad yeah but what were you taught about keeping yourself safe you know I think the crazy thing is I don't recall you know I think it was the more broad thing of be home at a certain time um you know, be a, be vigilant when you go to certain areas or whatever the case might be. Um, you know, I think that was the kind of, I guess, safety. Vigilant of what? Of of people that might want to rob you. You know, um, in the streets, if you like walking back from the shop with a loaf of bread or whatever, they might want to change or those kind of things. You know, it was. I don't want to say surface level. But it was, <clears throat> I guess, because, and to a point where my cousins, Ati, whatever, we'd have to walk with her. Like, no, don't let Ati walk alone to the Even shop. Even though she's older than, well, she's your same age. Same age, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so we'd walk with her, whatever the case might be, and find... And why, why were you, what was your thinking or what was your thought? Or I mean, obviously, this is now in hindsight because yeah. you were a kid. But what was your your thinking when you were like, oh, okay, I have to go with Ati. Why, what What about her being a girl? I guess there was no thinking beyond that. It was like, oh, because because she was a girl. If like, What does that mean? So what? That's, that's exactly it. That's exactly right. I mean, that's a very good question to ask. And that's not answered. No, it. but I mean, <laughs> but I mean, I mean, like back then, I obviously, well, for one, obviously didn't think. For me, it was like, 
okay, fine, she's, she's a girl and we need to walk with her. That's, that's where it ended for me then. But now I understand, but now in hindsight where I'm at sitting now, I understand that like it, it goes, the reason why, I mean, from young, socialized that um, men are stronger than girls or need to protect women or, you know, or, yeah. so, so that was engraved in us from young. But who are you <clears throat> protecting women from? From other men from other men like if we now sit down and you know we're having this conversation mm. and that's the reality of it but it was never said you know um i mean i remember i was having a conversation where you or women are raised differently you know and it's again we i'm speaking from a place of privilege as a man um to not have to think about those things yeah you know and so it's it's like the the fact that I mean it goes back to our episode about the the sex one or whatever or the porn or whatever. I mean for me, not just to say I'm a, I was a hypocrite or whatever in in my thinking, but also arrogant because who am again who am I to say I don't want you my have control? Yeah, I have control of an yeah, and to body. say yeah, and to say I have control or to say no, it's because. I want to protect if you're needing money, no, then I'll make a plan or whatever the case might be. That's a place of arrogance and... It's problematic. And it's problematic, exactly. It's like those things. And I mean, you, we can, I could always argue, we could always argue intentions, we could always argue, and it, I'm coming from a good place. I'm not trying yeah, to be but it's whatever. The se- it's exactly. the general sentiment about <clears throat> it. Yeah. I mean, I was just asking you about your your childhood just because i remember and i know i mean i was specifically told especially by my mom um in hindsight now i and i mean even when i was like a teenager she would speak to me about how fearful she was because she knew i mean my mom she worked in uh for action organization called the women's health project um it was a department in vits it was an mpo that Mm. you know they went into they basically did social work and they went into townships and spoke on gender and this was in the early 90s 90 before i was even born um the early 90s and yeah so my mom was going into townships and places and doing workshops and educating and just sort of providing information um so she was exposed to some of the horrific stories and i mean i guess also being an adult you know what's happening in the world yeah and a lot of the cases was you know like like there are you know boyfriends or families or uncles or whatever and you know i remember my mom saying you know, clearly, and I must have been like five, six, like I was young. Mm. And she's like, nobody's allowed to touch you on your fanny. She's like, and and this is something that was I was told as very young. I mean, she didn't scare me because mm. she was very, she spoke to me clearly. And she said, you know, nobody, not an uncle, not mm. an aunt, no one's allowed to touch me on my yeah. fanny. And if they do, I must tell her. And she didn't, she didn't create a fear around it, but she just let me know that it's not okay. And if somebody tries to, and I must've been, yeah, five, six, 
I remember being very young because I remember still doing Easter egg hunts and things like yeah. that, you know, like yeah. silly things like that. But I, I just know that, and even when it came to, I mean, I never got left alone with a lot of male figures. Like, mm. in fact, I don't recall ever being alone, alone with anybody but my father, mm. you know, like, because mm. um, I think my mom... And, and and in every way, I'm okay with her having been so overprotective. I mean, yeah. I never lost out on anything because I had aunts and I had uncles and they were and I had cousins and they were all in my in my life. Um, but I, you know, I think her f- when when we look at the news now, her fears were warranted because mm. these rapes that are making the news are the ones that are making the news. Yeah, exactly. You know, there the are thousands are and yeah. millions of people sitting in homes, you know, having had this experience, whether it's with a boyfriend, a friend, a cousin, a uncle, a somebody, and their story has not made the news. Yeah, and or I mean... they're silently sitting with the trauma or the struggle or the fight and that is the situation so from a young age you know my mom was like nobody touches you on your fanny mm. nobody does this don't do this and so and yeah and even then i was i really wasn't left yeah and i mean with males and like I mean, my mom didn't trust men like i think again like you said it, it, it especially now if you and then you look back at how she did it definitely is and was warranted and like I just think back to me personally as well like I don't know if I was around maybe I was in primary school maybe like 11 12 or whatever maybe around that age between 10 and 12 mm-hmm. I think you know and I remember um I remember stopping my or encounter encountering my um my brother's um, father, you know, abusing my mom, and I was. Um, Your brother's father. Father, yeah, my, my bro- not my. Oh, yeah, so like on my mom's step parent. Well, no, well, half, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, they were never married, but, or so, but I remember um, him. How he, old were you? That's what I'm saying. I think it was between between ten and twelve. Yeah. And um but it was in the middle of the night cuz we it, it was I remember the flat in Hillbra. My mom was living in Hillbra at the time. But I remember waking up and first being confused at what the hell is happening. And then I remember think asking, right, what's going on? And then my mom was like, "No, go back to sleep." You know. Mm. Um and then in the morning in the, yeah, in the morning, I remember encounter or looking him in the eye, and I think, and I just felt all this rage building up inside of me, and I think my mom saw, and then she intervened or something. I can't remember the, like exactly you, what you didn't. Did you respond physically or what? Just I, like you seemed visibly upset. I was visibly upset, and I, I. I don't know, but I just remember f- that feeling of you you put your hands on my mom kind of thing, you know, and I guess I had the, and I remember he's like had this smirk, this arrogance uh-huh. about him, you know, 
because again my mom was protecting him Ooh. and fine I was a child and I think I had this thing of fine I'm a child but I just remember that feeling and then it never being addressed again just like yeah. no I'm fine it's okay or whatever and that's you and know? that's the problem is or or I don't want to say problem that's the challenge because yeah. when you are in a position I think I'm sure people you don't not that you ignore red flags but yeah. you don't realize how things escalate yeah yeah and I think when you grow up not necessarily you don't you don't even have to grow up in a violent home to experience violence but I think in so many even I mean I've had this conversation with Odidi to the point where the type of physical discipline that happens and I'm uh, you know I'm just using South Africa as a context mm-hmm. where you know fine people give their kids hidings but what is the the lesson and the culture taught when you are being beaten with a stick yeah you know or a shambok and I've heard stories and I mean you know or being slapped across the face that's uh, you know mm. I've experienced that or hit with the sh- you know all these different things I mean all of us have experienced also physical violence in the form of discipline and and maybe some haven't but i from my engagements yeah. with peers and people i know and even people that i don't know will share stories you know when you're out and talk about how their father did this or their mother mm. did this and just already from that from that position you're introduced to accepting violence yeah um, and I mean, you know, it's it's crazy to me, you know, that we do, we tolerate the idea that people are going to, especially in South African culture, that you'll be beat with a stick or a shambok or a, all sorts of items yeah. or whatever. So I think it starts there and then maybe things like what you describe happened to your mom, incidences in the home mm. where you witness a parent... Um, and I mean, a lot of people, I mean, being violent and I'm sure yeah. having violence against them. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of people and most likely most of our peers or friends, you know, that people that we know have similar stories, you know, of either their parents or their sibling or some or cousin, you know, having, and it's such a sad thing because like, I think that's why this, I, I guess, opted to want to or felt prompted to speak about this topic Mm. because I guess you know it hits closer to home and not to say that Black Lives Matter doesn't right Um, because again we experienced that but I don't know there was something about the way I felt today I was like I just can't I can't keep quiet you know and I was like we have fine it might be a small platform whatever the case might be but I want to be able to use this platform as well to address these kind of things from my standpoint. Yeah. Um, as a male, as a black man, you know, and um, the peers, my male peers who might be listening, hopefully that it triggers something in them as well, you know, that they start questioning about themselves, you know. And I mean, um, for me, I think I'd be remiss. Is it that right word? <laughs> I um, don't know. Um, if I was to say, or I'd be a lie if I said I haven't contributed to 
gender-based violence, you know, um, and it's not, or gender-based abuse or whatever the case might be, but it's not just physical, you know, Mm. it's also verbal, you know, verbal abuse, you know, also contributes to that thing, you know. Um, Also, having the mentality of, again, like I touched on earlier, the arrogance and whatnot, and also to have that thing, you know, when you grow up, be like, hey man, I was disciplined, I came out okay, so I'm going to discipline my kids as well. I'm going to beat them, you know? Yeah, but did we? And then not to say that you didn't come out okay. I think we all are happy with who we are, yeah. but obviously there's continuous growth happening. But, but yeah, I, I just think that there are certain things where I've even found myself in anger. It's so easy to resort to a physical response or yeah. even just like a this vitriol response and it's something I've had to unlearn um, and be conscious and aware of, even in anger. Yeah. Because when people around you, when you watch TV, when you, your peers, your, the response is to do something about it, to get angry. So when my mom is angry, it's like, okay, I'm going to give you a bloody hiding. And yeah. fine, yes, we can all say, oh, where's the line drawn? And okay, you know, that's different and whatever the case may be. But it's it's about a culture. It's about a sentiment that has continued on through. Yeah, and I mean, it's like you're saying, it, it, it'll have lasting effects that you might not know, like, you know, subconscious lasting effects. And I mean, like, um again you know we laugh at ah just give her the pimp hand you know those kind of things or yeah that's a terrible i mean that's also not okay and those little things contribute you actually don't realize exactly how things like um i think i've been in a situation where i hadn't realized how things escalate and Again, you can talk. Again, it's a thing of it's not even about the fact that oh, it you, it makes you a good or a bad person. Mm. The reality is that even good people yeah. can do bad things. And so, I think in one of my relationships, violence started with I believe it was pinching, mm. but light pinching. Um. And then it got a little bit more aggressive. Um, and the, I mean, the pinching got more aggressive. Yeah. Um, mm. You know, whatever. And then, you know, and these things escalate. Yeah. Because when, I guess there's no result from... Yeah, I guess you... And also taste pushing the boundaries. Oh, so nothing was really... Yeah, and I, and I don't yeah. think this person was even trying to be malicious, but it was a... a, a not a solution, but a means of engaging. And changing behavior. Exactly. And me, as the person that it was happening to, I also didn't take it as, oh, this is physical abuse because it's pinching, Mm -hmm. you know? I'm going to pinch you, whatever the case may be. Initially, it started off playful, and then it escalated. And you think, oh, my God, how did my whole arm turn blue from that? Um, And then it escalated and it became something just one day it just became something bigger and 
you know, people always say when things like this happen, I mean, not they, they would never say it to me, but I've been part of conversations where other women are discussed and it's like, oh, she's just going to stay with him or, oh, how did she not see this coming or yeah. how did she not know or, oh, she allowed this to happen or whatever. And having been, and I mean, my situation was minute in comparison to some of the tragic things that yeah. have happened to women. So, but just being in that situation for, in, in, in that small way, you don't think this one incident or gonna, this one occasion is gonna result in escalated behavior. Yeah. And that's something that's interesting. But also when it did happen, and this is now where we move from what we do in our personal spaces um, and where it becomes a political and social problem yeah. is when I did go to the police station. Yeah, jeez. It was very unhelpful. Um, yeah, I think I, the, the, in, a night where things had escalated, I'd call the police. They escorted this person off the property and that was that and then but I think the next day or whatever I had I have a massive support system and the women in my life are very uh, I don't want to say opinionated because that's not what drove me to go to the police but it was very much of a thing of due process yeah and when I went to the police station it they were incredibly unhelpful um, this lady made me lift up my top to show her bruises in the police station, not in, in a separate room or whatever the case may be. Yeah, they were just very unhelpful and they basically persuaded me not to do anything. Um, I must be concerned about his school and his career. Yeah, I and I think also they said that counter charges could be put against me if I do pursue this and whatever the case may be. And I mean, my situation was not severe. I was not in any life-threatening position. Mm. Um, and I'd broken up with this person immediately after. And I didn't feel in any significant danger. However, I wanted due process to follow. And I didn't want this to happen again. Or I wanted to make a stand for myself. And it was challenging at that. And I thought, imagine if I was in a much more strenuous and difficult position. I mean, I had a support system. I had friends. This person wasn't threatening my life. My life was not in danger. Mm. Um, you know, this was a situation that had escalated and was the first incident. So not to say I'd nipped it in the bud, but then we didn't continue on the relationship. Yeah, Sorry. But no, no, no. Um, but the police was just so unhelpful. Can you imagine with somebody who sure. has trauma, who is fighting for their lives, is scared for their lives, sure. what, how uncomfortable and difficult, and that is, that is the system we exist in, that it's not even just about, oh, you know, hashtag do better guys or... Yeah, no, 100%, and I think, <laughs> I think uh, yeah, I think... <clears throat> I think that's what I was going to touch on as well. I think our society or our, the system itself is not just broken with respects to race. It's also 
how, I mean, the police, I feel, for one, I think the core of that issue, the way that they dealt with you, especially like even a female officer, it also boils down to education. And again, like, you know, the training. And there's also a sense of humanity. There's also a sense of compassion that should be there naturally. Um, but I think the way that the systems also failed our law enforcement is mm-hmm. that there is... Well, the law enforcement yeah. failed the system. Yeah, law enforcement has failed the system, but also I think the system also failed them in terms of, you know, correct training or have a psychologist. It doesn't take... You know, I disagree with you, and I'm okay. just going to interject. Sorry to do this. But I don't think that... Yes, I mean, when you're in a police position, there's a specific amount of training. But to acknowledge the distress of somebody, to do your job, you know, that's what I'm saying, is that the world is one big boys' club. And for most part, it's a big white boys' club. Okay? And if you're not white, you're still part of the boys' club. That's the reality of it. And so when they feel like one of their own is being threatened or is being called out, what will happen is that there will be a protection because I've seen men protect men they don't even know. No, I understand. So it doesn't have to be... It can be a police officer. It can be a CEO. It can be a finance manager, uh, whatever... I don't think training in your job, yes, sure, that's a, a, that is a policy or a system you can put in place. But the reality is that it's also mentalities because there is training for and, that. And, and that's why there I, are systems in place why, for police to this, deal with gender-based but, but, violence. But, but We're in why, 2020, not 1992. Yes, and but communities why, have been trained and there are social workers and there are programs in place. But... It's a mentality to say, as a man, I know that I should be arresting. I mean, we have gender, the the month, women's month, where they say, oh, we'll arrest anybody and put them in a cell if there's any case of gender-based violence. So they know how to operate and they know how to move. It's a choice to say either the mentality to say, I can get in now or... You, you're going to ruin but, his life love, or what don't I'm do that. My love, that's what I'm trying to say. I think that's what I was, the point I was getting to was that it is, it is a mentality thing. That's what, that mentality thing, that's why I was saying that, you know, in these training rooms, when they are training about, I do talk about gender-based violence, I train about gender-based violence, violence, and that's where I was talking about maybe a psychologist should be in the room. Because a lot of these police, and I'm, obviously in our country, the majority of our police are black, you know, and so they they grew up with the mentality, like you say, ah, Angenda, that's their problem, kind of thing. Or oh, they protect um, each other. You know, it is a problem. We all live, not they. We protect each other as men. Inherently, it's the thing that we are. We grow up like that, you know. And it's a mentality. You're right. I completely agree with you. It's a mentality thing, and we have to be open to having those conversations. And if, especially if in a position of law enforcement, I feel that's why I feel like if they are being trained about that yeah. thing, it has to be a psychologist to tackle that thing, that mental thing, that's that's they they psychology, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it goes back to that thing of now society. You know how we deal with it. You know. What do you do? 
well, since yeah. actually since ODD you decided that you wanted to discuss this topic what why what what are you doing so what or, so what or, I've done how today. are you be you know how yeah. are you moving through the world uh, in in against or in being against not just gender-based violence but the the culture that perpetuates it what are you doing yeah what yeah so doing? for me today for instance today i when i started um, but it's also just can i just say it's not a, just a today's problem no so why did you just start today no no it's not that i started today but fine last year for instance with and i'm just pointing out uh, in inverted commas landmark no. situations or moments but like when the Uyinene thing happened and um, or the Uyinene murder rather when that happened you know yes we had the conversations around that but you know it was the whole uh, men got to do better um, start by having conversations in my circle those things right and so that was I guess I had convinced myself that that's enough because that's just the bare minimum and that's not enough and like so when I was getting to what I was trying to say to uh, what I was trying to say with today is that I did research and tried to find organizations that are fighting gender-based violence and how I can contribute to that uh, like I said to you I think we I want to put links in the description of this one to say these are some of the yeah. these are some of the organizations that are in support that are fighting for equality they're fighting for you know and those kind of things so for me another tangible thing is not just to read up on them but like i mean we had a conversation on the phone today and you're like even if it's like a hundred rand contribute you know again that's like a tangible time oh exactly but it's not just financial but that's what i was reading up you know so for me that's where i'm at and that's what i think i would like to call you out though because please do it's not a new conversation and i think we've had many of these conversations and last what was last year 2019 mm-hmm. when was makina visiting me from the states i'm not sure when was it, it was because i came back no, from she Japan, came, yeah, she, 2018. no she, yeah, she came she, last, she came year, last yeah. year 2019 yeah. and makina my friend from the states sat here with you and kutluano name and shame <laughs> And we had a conversation about the hashtag men are trash. Yeah. And your guys' stance was, don't say that. That's a bad word. Things you're going to twist it around. And, nye, 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 nye. and I just feel like if that's the energy that you have, you can't half-ass it. You can't be like, no, don't say men are trash. Or it's, it's counterproductive to say men are trash. But um, yeah, I'm against gender-based violence and rape. But, but okay, so your, even your arguments were super, super no, weak. And I, I mean, McKinnon and I even had to leave the house because you guys were arguing nonsense, absolute rubbish. But I think the could, point is that you want to play, you want to sit in a room with women and play devil's advocate if that was what it was, or have these discussions. And they're not productive. What they are is counterproductive when you sit there and go, oh, misandry might be a real thing or a possible future thing if you women continue to say men are trash and then the tides will turn or the the script will flip. And it's like, you, you're already, you're having the wrong discussions with your peers. Because no, Kutwana is your friend. You are sitting here in a I'm, rumor with women 
and you're not engaging um, in a productive, constructive, air quotes, woke way. Look, I, I agree with you, and that's, um, it, it definitely was problematic. And it's wrong because it was me essentially saying, all lives matter. Yeah. You know, it's... Well, not exactly, yeah. but yeah, to an extent. Yeah, to an extent, you know, but... And that was wrong of me. And yeah, 100%. I put my hand up and I have learned from that, um, from my thinking. And again, it goes back to unpacking all your, I guess, unpacking... I just don't psyche. also... It just, it's upsetting that it takes the death of a woman for you to change your perspective on a hashtag. Like somebody's life was lost and it took that for you to go, oh, maybe, maybe I shouldn't argue against the hashtag men are trash. And it's like, no. the, and, and I think that's also the, the issue is that it, it's like, we can't, it, it, it shouldn't, but it, I yeah. understand, but it shouldn't take these moments I agree with for you. you to acknowledge what's happening on it. Like we said, I, I think we initially started with that this is something that happens within homes. Before it's a social political, before it hits the news, before it's these massive stories and movements and hashtags, it's something that happens within households. It happens between two people. It happens in communities. It happens in families. And so it doesn't have to take a massive news story for you to change your thinking. What it should be is a constant consciousness and awareness to say, how am I moving through this world? How am I, you know, I mean, the first step was me even, you know, sorry to name and shame here as well, but I mean, he's young and he's obviously learning, um, but your younger brother, where he, even just the use of language and calling you know, your other sibling a bitch and whatever. And he said, you know, and obviously there was no malice on his part. Mm. There was absolutely no malice. Like he said, oh, that's how they talk and whatever. But it's those things that perpetuate a certain culture that you have to sort of say, oh, but even if she's okay with it, you shouldn't talk like that, you know? Yeah. And, I, and, and I think it takes those small changes. It doesn't, it's not about... And I mean, I think I was the one to point it out to you and call him out as one. I mean, you stepped up and as an older brother, you called him out and said to him, he can't talk like that. But it's, it's, it's those interactions that matter more to me um, yeah, no, look. than you saying, oh, it took look, this 19-year-old's death to hit the news, to be so graphic, to be so traumatic, to be, to be this entire movement, no, but I think, am I next? No, but that's what I'm saying. No I'm, not, no, I'm not saying that it just took that one thing. Yeah. You know, so don't take what I'm saying and say that's what all it took. No, it's not that. You know, it's the conversation they have. It's the conversation, yes, it might, because the psyche or my psyche or my thinking has been for, I guess... And it's not that's not an excuse, but like, yes, my my thinking has been a certain type of way for majority of my life, right? Mm. Um, so it's easy, or it was easy, or it's easy to fall back into old old old, old ways. And you get, again, like you're right, you're saying it's it's that conscious, um, it's that making a conscious decision to not fall back into old ways, to not fall back into old ways of thinking, whatever the case might be. And which is unfortunately for me and I guess the people around me, that's what had happened, you know? And so it, it, it would take 
gruesome and unfortunate and horrible things to happen that would, oh, you know, wake that thing up again. And that's why I guess that I want. That pisses uh, me off. No, I, I completely. It pisses me off too, because and that's why I, I it guess it pisses you off. Yes, no. because because it's not. I'm you not. Uh, what I said, what pisses me off is that it takes something gruesome to get you and, in check. Yes, and that's what I'm. I I understood that. I understood why what pisses you off, and I'm saying that pisses me off too, because it shouldn't be like that. It shouldn't need to something horrible, and I guess that's why I was I was so feeling all this type of emotions today you know um to want to talk about this you know and just like it's not okay and yeah like i said um that's why I, I also know that not that you need any invitation mm. to call me out but <laughs> but like no i don't but like i think to have these conversations and to yeah i think that's why i'm like you know what i am wrong i am part of the problem and i want to fix not just fix myself first but to consciously make the effort to not just sit back and keep quiet to whatever the case might be and fall back into old ways that's why i know for instance you not just because i live with you and i know you but you are for me that person that i can is it rely on no it's not rely on but i don't know yeah. i don't know but yeah I think, yeah, I think in our relationship, I'm okay with calling you out. I'm okay, obviously. <laughs> um, but I think today and the past couple of days, obviously seeing it on the news, I've not had the strength, or maybe strength's not the right word, but and I don't know if it's energy or strength or what it is to engage even on social media on this because I do feel very frustrated and I do feel mm. very upset that it's it takes these mm. big news moments for us to be awake and aware and upset again. Yeah. When, you know, when I mean in the beginning of this lockdown, it was already said that, you know, the cases being reported to the police were higher. Um, things haven't changed. You know, when you hear your neighbor screaming or... You, you 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 know that something is not right mm. uh, if you can intervene or call the police but you know it's it's those things where I'm like how do you move in your everyday life how what do you mm. what are we doing what am I doing you know I can sit here and call Odidi out and I mean it's not my responsibility as a woman I mean I do everything I can to try and keep myself safe and even sometimes it's not been enough so it is, I'm standing between the, is it my responsibility to teach, to guide, to whatever? And, and there's days where I'm like, hell no, it's not my, it's not the work. And then there's days where I have a little bit more compassion or energy and I will sit and I will discuss and I'll call you out or I will engage with you. It doesn't necessarily always have to be calling out. Um, but I find myself, and I, and I think maybe it's also the back-to-back -back issues, Black Lives Matter, what's mm -hmm. been happening, um, and even just in a South African context, and then a global context, and then now this happening, I just feel absolutely weathered and worn mm -hmm. and tired to even do, to be, 
participating, you know, in social media activism and posting and reposting and sharing stories of our trauma. And it's just, it is a lot as a black person and as a woman. And um, I was okay to do this podcast because I'm in a safe space and I'm with a safe person. But I think in general, it can be such a heavy thing. Yeah, um, I think. Um, I think the, you, we can talk about it till, yeah, till we our blue. faces yeah. are blue. Yeah, I think I just want to end, I guess, in my part just to say, not just to you, but I know it sounds... Don't irritate me. I'm trying not to, but somewhat <laughs> dramatic, but I am sorry for my contributions or have negatively contributed to um, gender-based abuse, violence. Um, rape culture. Rape culture. And, yeah, and men are trash. Well done. Makina, do you hear that, girl? All that fighting... <laughs> was for something but yeah I mean we're happy to engage with friends on this matter and if anybody yeah. wants to DM us or comment at the bottom of a post and yeah. and have anything to share about this matter um, we're happy to engage on that as well yeah so yeah till next week uh, or the next episode um, which might be between what yeah I don't know but um, maybe we'll have guests who knows I mean it's birthday week for you oh goodness yeah so who knows what we'll it talk doesn't about. count because it this year because of COVID-19 and the lockdown I'm just going to mm. scrap this year and it doesn't count. I mean, I'm going to do stuff this year. I'm doing <laughs> stuff. I'm moving and shaking, but we're just not going to count it as part of birthday years. Yeah, man.